Joe Girard will no longer be playing basketball for Syracuse University. The four-year starter hits the transfer portal slash NBA draft process. We'll break it all down. What's it mean for him? What's it mean for the team? What does it mean for the Syracuse fan base? It's your Locked On Syracuse Friday, and it all starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday and welcome into Lockdown Syracuse. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. We've got big news this afternoon. Joe Girard to test the NBA waters slash hit the transfer portal. Some big news in central New York, right? That was one of the biggest sort of umbrellas I guess looming over the of the heads of Syracuse basketball at this point in time because a lot of pieces are reliant on Joe Girard and if Joe leaves it opens some things up if Joe stays it restrains some things in terms of recruits in terms of the portal and knowing goes a tremendously long way in terms of being able to make the following steps and to move forward and move on now that we know this news Joe Girard this afternoon saying he is going to test the process uh, and, and see where things go from there, uh, saying, quote, I want to express my utmost gratitude to my family, Coach Beheim and Orange Nation for the past four seasons. Thank you to every fan and supporter who has impacted me in a positive manner and helped me shape who I am today. I'm confident in God's plan and trust that the next chapter will be amazing. I'm grateful for what has taken place on the journey thus far, and I'm looking forward to what my future holds. Gerard, I got to start, and I, I hope other people because he is a guy that has taken a lot of negative thoughts and a lot of negative ideas. I wish him the best. Good for him. I think this is a really good career move for him. I don't think he's an NBA guy. I don't think anyone's going to tell you he's an NBA guy. I don't think the NBA draft process is going to be really dragged out. However, for him to go find a new home for one year, I hope, and I know this is a guy that obviously after scoring you know, 1,652 points over a four-year career at an ACC school. You don't want to do this. I hope he goes down in terms of he's not going to a power five and plays at a mid-major or somewhere when he can go and be the high school Joe Girard. Be that kid from Glens Falls and put up 50 points a game. Go somewhere and just put up numbers and go off and shoot the ball a ton and be the player that you can be. Uh, I hope that's what happens. We'll see. Uh, enters the portal. I'd be curious to see sort of what the attention he gets is because I don't really know. You know, it's a guy that averaged 16 plus, was top five in scoring in the ACC, but didn't necessarily do it in a manner that was, you know, incredible. And some of that has to do with the defense. Some of that has to do with, you know, uh, the ball handling, things like that, ball decision making sometimes. So I'm curious to see sort of where the, the attention comes from while he's in the portal, like what types of schools went after him? Because I don't really know where that falls. I think a lot of that has to do with what Joe wants to do, because if he wants to go somewhere and is okay coming off the bench, 
I think he could go anywhere in the country if he wants to be a bench guy and come in and be a role player. I don't know if after four years playing as much as he has, that's what he wants to sort of close out his collegiate career. So I'm interested to see sort of where the attention is and where he goes in that regard. Uh, I think you got to start by saying, and I've said this so many times on the podcast, and I will say it for what will likely be the last time today. Joe Girard was a kid, a New York guy, obviously, Glens Falls, that came in as a non-top 200 recruit. He wasn't that big a deal in terms of recruiting rankings, in terms of team recruiting rankings, in terms of his personal recruiting rankings. Was supposed to be a role guy. That's what everyone sort of assumed he would be. And year one, he makes the jump. And then the expectations skyrocketed that this guy is supposed to be, you know, I don't even know what to compare him to. Uh, I feel like Trevor Cooney, maybe, Jerry McNamara, maybe, is sort of the expectations that we had for this guy after year one. And maybe McNamara is a bit of a stretch and Cooney is more of the of the answer there. But we thought this kid was going to be, you know, the one of the top guards to ever play through Syracuse in terms of a four-year career in terms of statistics, things like that. After year one, seeing what he did his freshman year, making that tremendous jump, the expectations were really high. And from that point on, it became incredibly incredibly difficult for Joe Girard to to please anyone. And the expectations kept getting higher and higher and higher. And he took a lot of negative thoughts, comments, feedback. He was probably the most hated player on this team for three, maybe four years, hated by a a decent cohort of the fan base. I'm going to say undeservingly so. If you want to take it out and say that there's an issue that's a larger macro issue, that's fine with me. The macro issue would be that that is Syracuse recruiting. That is who was there. Maybe your issue could be the fact that, I don't know, he played more than a Jalen Carey or he played more than a couple of other guys that that could have had a little bit more potential transferred out. I don't think your critique needs to be him specifically, as harsh as it was for his entire span of two, three years after that freshman season. He took a ton of negative feedback and was basically a punching bag for this fan base. And I think it's incorrect. And I hope now, as he departs, that that can sort of be pushed away and we can get rid of that because it was not something that was warranted or necessary from the get-go. But here we are now. Joe Girard hits the portal. Things are going to start to change. And now you're going to see where things go from there because there's a lot up in the air. And that's sort of where we will go as this episode continues is the impacts and I guess sort of the domino effect that is this decision because it changes some things up uh, and allows for a little bit to happen as we progress forward. I want to close this sort of block by just sharing, I guess, a little story about myself and Joe Girard as a team, not as a team, uh, as a duo, I guess you would even say. My, I believe it was my freshman year, um, or was it my sophomore year? It was the first game that I had covered at Syracuse. It was the first game that I was there with a credential for WAER. And it was right around after Joe had committed. 
And it was the Syracuse-Duke game. I'm there. Joe Girard sitting about three rows behind me off to the side. My, uh, I guess, I don't know who it was in terms of position. One of my advisors, Connor Federico, says, hey, let's get that for, for the pregame show. Go talk to Joe. Never spoken to a player before at that point. Never spoken to a coach before at that point. It was the earliest I had been in my, you know, sort of broadcast career. I walk up instantly. Yeah, I'd love to chat. Let's do it. I I talk with him for a couple of minutes. And it was a a cool moment, I guess, just because it felt like the start of my, I guess, broadcast career, journalism career, uh, radio career, talk show, whatever you want to say. And we sort of just talked about the, you know, Syracuse and Duke were two of his top choices. And he came to Syracuse because of the community and because of the fan base and because of what he has seen and the dome getting packed and things like that. And maybe it was a better fit for him in terms of minutes, in terms of potential. But that always stuck with me was that rationale and seeing a New York guy, even though it's, you know, two hours and 40 minutes up the road. Staying local, staying in Syracuse because of what that means. And the fan base, unfortunately, didn't always reciprocate that, which saddens me a little bit because I I don't think there's really any outside of some exceeding circumstances or some some chaotic circumstances. There's not really an 18 to 22 year old kid that's putting themselves out there, playing a sport at a high level, doing what they can do that deserves the sort of backlash and the comments and the the wrath that Joe Girard faced for his career at Syracuse. And I'll stick with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to talk about what this means in terms of the guard position for Syracuse as they progress forward. Then later on in the show, we'll take to Twitter. We might look at the portal a little bit, uh, see some of your thoughts, see where things could go from here even further. But before that, Let's talk a little bit about FanDuel. We are heating up in the tournament. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. It's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All that on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot on a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Okay, Owen Valentine here on your Lockdown Syracuse Friday talking about Joe Girard entering the NBA draft waters as well as the transfer portal. His career at Syracuse comes to a close. He's a top 20 scorer all time. He's the third leading three-point shooter of all time at Syracuse. It's a guy who numbers-wise has a career that reflects a little bit more than maybe what a lot of people would see him as. Uh, because of the way he got there and some efficiency, some, defi- uh, some decisions, things like that might've been the cause for, for some, you know, lesser thoughts, I guess, but a guy that statistically, I think we're going to look back on in a handful of years and be like, yeah, those, those numbers weren't maybe as bad as the narrative that we saw in the narrative that was crafted for him. But what this does mean right now, as Joe Girard exits the program, is that Adrian Autry and this sort of switched up staff and maybe a staff that's bringing on a new friend 
uh, in Brendan Strong or Brendan Strong. As this continues, they now have the answer that they needed. They needed to know what was happening with Joe because of the impact it has on so many other facets. The impact it has in terms of Judah possibly coming back. The impact that it has in terms of a transfer like Justin Moore or like Charles Pride that could come into central New York. The chances that it has for Quidier Copeland and the shift in his role. The impact it has on guys like Justin Taylor and Chris Bell who are maybe tweeners that you could see, especially with Taylor, a world in which they switch to a more guard-heavy role. You can now start working forward and progressing in terms of those answers. Because with Joe up in, in sort of limbo at this point, or at this point leading up to today, you didn't really know what you could do. You couldn't go to a transfer and say, you can start or you're going to be getting 20-plus minutes a game because you didn't know what was happening. If Joe came back, Joe would have taken that 20-minute chunk. And now you've got this situation where you've got J.J. Starling. You've got what is probably a coin flip. I have a coin in front of me, so we'll flip a coin for emphasis. In Judah Mintz going to the NBA slash coming back. Maybe it leans a little bit one way. You could throw that in the comments if you're passionate about one of those sides. You've got a guy like Quidier Copeland, who I think a lot of us see a really high ceiling for and a lot of potential. And now you've got the portal, and you can actually attack and advertise a position that exists and a role that exists. Because until Joe made this decision, this role didn't exist. So let's break down each of those components a little bit more in detail. First one we talked about was the Judah decision. Judamitz, if he comes back, wants to come back so that he can become a first-round fringe lottery pick guy in the NBA draft after his sophomore season. That is the reason he would come back, right? He will get drafted this year if he goes to the NBA draft. That's not really the case or the toss-up right now. That's not the question. But the question is, does Judah want to bet on himself, come back, and potentially get a tremendous pay jump? in terms of getting into the first round and getting further ahead in the first round and getting closer to a lottery-type pick. And in making the jump that would need to be made to get there, the minutes needed to be guaranteed in some capacity. And a trio of Joe Girard, J.J. Starling, and Judah Mintz is going to naturally have to break up and chop minutes a little bit more than I'm going to assume all three of them want to chop up. Joe leaving the picture at this point in time gives Judah an opportunity for significantly more minutes because I think we can all agree that Joe Girard would have taken up a greater chunk of the guard minutes, so about 80 minutes that the one and the two would play. Joe Girard would have accounted for a greater chunk or a greater piece of that pie than a sophomore Quidier Copeland would have accounted for and will account for in this new situation, which means that Judah will get more run and be the one for an extended period of time and be able to do what he wants to prove that he can do with greater minutes to supplement. That helps a lot. And it really does make coming back all that much more appealing to Joe at this point in time. Second one, 
has to do with transfers. And I hit on it a little bit already. But if you're a transfer and you're looking at a program such as Syracuse that has J.J. Starling and Joe Girard and the possibility of Judah Mintz coming back, and you're a guard that is a high sought-after guard with a lot of offers and a lot of schools reaching out, why would you pick Syracuse? Why would you want to come to a spot where you've got three guys already in a heated battle for minutes and you want to be the fourth to jump in there? It's not an easy pitch for a guy like Adrian Autry in year one. It's not an easy pitch for a Jim Beheim in year 47. That is no easy pitch for any coach anywhere. Unless you're going to tell them, hey, you know, these other three guys, they're not going to start. You're going to start. You're our guy which is not the case given the talent in that pool of guards that we just discussed. With Joe gone, now you've got one guard guaranteed in that big chunk of minutes pool. The possibility of a second, and you could be the third. That is so much more appealing because of when you look at the reasons why guys are transferring. Minutes, higher level, things like that. You want to play in this new level, at this new school that you get to, obviously, this would be huge. And we're seeing some rumors. We're seeing some thoughts. You know, Brennan Strong becomes the new assistant at Syracuse. There's in quotes, a player coming with him. Good player. Big time guard. The rumors have it. I've seen it a few, more than a few times at this point. Justin Moore, Villanova. Good player. Struggled with an injury to start the year. Played out pretty well to finish out this season. Veteran guy would be in a year five if he came to Syracuse. Averaged 13 and a half points in 13 games this season. Would be a big time addition. And if you're Justin Moore, now you can look at that and say, all right, the minutes are there. There's actually a chance that I can play and get the run that I want to. And I think if you can make an addition like that and bring a player like Moore in for his final season of eligibility, it's a tremendous team with or without Judamins. You've done your job in terms of the money ball approach, right? Replacing Giambi, replacing Damon, replacing who's the third? Is it Isringhausen or whatever, Isringhausen? Uh, whoever the third one is. You have pieced together the on-base equivalent of replacing Judah and Joe with guys like JJ and guys like Justin Moore. Pretty darn close. Obviously, if Judah goes because he's a first-round guy, it's hard to replace a first-round guy. And that's where we bring in the second or the final sort of domino to fall is Quidier Copeland. And how does his role shift in this spot? And I think Syracuse, if JJ or if Judah and Joe are both gone, we know Joe is gone. So if Judah leaves as well, Syracuse needs to bring in another guard. I think we all know that, right? You lose Joe to the portal. You lose um, Saimir to the portal. You lose JJ to the N- or Judah to the NBA. There's too many J's on this team. It's going to throw me off. With that trio gone, you got to bring in someone else. And that's not a knock on Quidier Copeland. That's just a depth thing, right? You need to have a few guys in case things go awry. I think Justin Moore fits the role perfectly, uh, can come in, supplement really well. 
Uh, we'll see what happens. We can see what happens if that is the case. Uh, but a guy like Quidier Copeland is going to be in a heightened role. And I think a lot of people are really excited for him. My cousin is probably the biggest Quidier Copeland fan, always asking where he is. Why isn't he playing? Oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. Uh, always fun to watch a game on the uh, on the Quidier Copeland watch. Uh, but it's fun. It'll be interesting to see what he can do jump-wise in what will theoretically now be an elevated role for him uh, as maybe the first guy off the bench in terms of the guards uh, that would go a long way. So curious to see what happens as we progress in this offseason uh, in terms of that. All right, we'll take one more quick break, then we'll take to Twitter, see a handful of your thoughts on this situation, and then we will call it a week here on Locked on Syracuse. Before we do that, the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. <coughs> Ooh, sorry. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You'll know you'll be voting, or you know I'll be voting for the peanut butter brownie because that is my favorite. And if you want Syracuse to win, then you'll be voting for that bar to support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky lockdown listeners We'll get a free box of built. Not only that, but Locked On will give one fan a 12-month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built. Built the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're amazing. You won't even think they're good. And why? Well, that's for starters. They're high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. It's real chocolate. So go to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box. While you're there, you can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. All right, closing stretch here on your Lockdown Syracuse Friday. I'm Owen Valentine. Let's talk a little bit about your thoughts on this whole Gerard transferring situation from over in the Twitter sphere. Uh, let me pull it up quickly. We got seven or eight replies. First is Dave Tyndall or Dave Tyndall. I wish him the best. He gave us all to Syracuse. I think it's best for all parties. I doubt the NBA potential, but he can play pro somewhere. He can shine in a lower league. I think that's a great way to send him off, right? I have no issues with him. Good kid. Did what he could. Uh, we wish him all the best. And I, I don't think he's an NBA guy. I don't think anyone's going to come in and say he's an NBA guy. He's a guy that can go overseas and play pro, I think, without a doubt. I hope he does uh, something for the last year of eligibility. Because uh, I think it would be fun to watch, fun to see how he does in a different situation. Tom H. At, at Tom Hartnett 21. I think the move is best for both parties. SU can find someone better suited for the style uh, Red wants to play. And Joe can go to a place where he'll be able to play to his strengths as well. Wish nothing but the best for the kid. I agree with that a ton as well. You know, Red has talked and he wants to push a little bit. He wants to move a little bit faster, play a little bit of man get going and be a faster paced team that can get out and rely on that athleticism, that mobility, that speed. And that's not necessarily Joe Girard's game. So I think it's a good move for everyone involved. Um, Nick mad pad keeping says encourages Judah to stay even more. Yes. Just said that as well on the last block. Uh, JJ and JT are already locked in as two guard spots. And realistically only three will play. Joe was obviously the odd man out. Although Joe was scoring. Well, sure. Really be missed at times him staying the development of the remaining team. I, I think Joe staying for year five would have hindered too much below him and hindered the progression 
and the succession plan uh, within the guard room and things like that. Uh, I didn't really talk about JT at the guard spot all too much, uh, but I will be interested to see if that shift happens uh, and how formal that shift happens. Are they just going to come out and say he's going to be more of a guard this season, or is it going to be a gradual thing where maybe they start the season with him, you know, as a three in that situation with Bell again, and as time goes on, you start to see him in more of a, you know, a two situation or playing the two a little bit more. I'll be curious to see how that one goes. Sam the man says, feels like he knows he lost his starting position with how many guards there are on the team. I think if Judah stays, that might have been the feeling and that might have been the vibe. And that can definitely contribute to a decision like that. Uh, as a guy who started for as long as Joe has, right? No one wants to be in a role like that and then be told, hey, you got to step down. You got someone coming in. It hurts. It's not what you want to do, especially with your last year uh, of eligibility, last year of basketball. So, See what happens uh, with that. I think it's good, um, and, and it's a good point, right, in terms of the starting position was all that much more difficult for him to have gotten his hands on uh, given the changes. Jeff Kilkenny says, if JG3 works on his conditioning, I think he can come off the bench as a scorer for one of the 351 Division One basketball teams. What a great I'm not going to be wrong statement. Right, that is a statement that says I'm going to be correct. He's going to play for one of the college basketball teams, uh, where I'm not going to take anything too bold. Uh, I like the approach there. Uh, Tim Preston three says happy to never have to see him in an orange uniform again. In my 50 years as a Q's fan, he's the worst starter I've ever seen. Should be playing D2. Well, Tim, let me say this: as a starter, Joe Girard averaged 16 plus points per game this season. How many Syracuse players since joining the ACC have averaged 16 or more in a season? I don't have the number in front of me. My assumption would be in the 10 years that the number is probably between 10 and 15, maybe 20 on the high end. So let's ease up on the worst starter you've ever seen. And let's take a look in the mirror at a kid that gave his all and did what he could for a program. And as I said earlier today, if your issue is with the fact that there isn't a better option or the talent level is not that above Joe Girard, make that statement. But let's not go calling someone out by name as the worst starter you've ever seen in 50 years. Because that is absurd. So take a lap. Come back, see if your opinion's changed. Last one, we'll talk. MNL tonight. Happy to see him go. I know Coach would have given him playing time over other players who deserved it more. We need to continue to scout the portal. Uh, and then uh, a little thought as well, saying Justin Moore uh, is trending uh, for us and uh, some other conversations as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think there's a very realistic balance between wanting Joe out because it's what's best for the team and wanting Joe out because we're going to put this I hate Joe Girard thing out in the open. It is best for the team that Joe transfers because I think year five would have hindered too much in terms of bringing players in and getting your tears in terms of experience, talent, things of that nature. It's good for what they needed to do. It's also good for him. I think is what we're going to see next season when we start to watch him play again at another spot. It's good for him. All right. 
That's where we will wrap up for today. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen. For your second listen today, or maybe because I'm posting this in the afternoon, it's not your first or second, but check out Lockdown College Basketball. Isaac and Andy bring you everything you need to know come tournament time. Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to support Cuse Women's Basketball. They play tonight. Support Cuse Women's Lacrosse. They have been outstanding. Still the number one team in the country. Another top 10 victory this week. They are killing it. Their attendance is through the roof. Go out and support. They're awesome. Enjoy them uh, because it's something special brewing uh, with Kayla Trainer and company. So strap in. Get on the train because it's a coming, as uh, Adino Babers would say, with regards to anything that has to do with Syracuse athletics. I'm Owen Valentine. That'll do it for today. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, make good choices. Call an Uber if you have a drink or two. Uh, be kind. That's how we'll end it. Have a wonderful day, everybody. I'll see you on Monday.